Welcome to Jake and Afraid. I'm your host, four-time Naked and Afraid survivalist, Jake Nodar. Join me as I recap each new Naked and Afraid episode, guest hosted by some of the show's favorite alumni. Each week, we'll recap each episode with a perspective only a survivalist of the show can give. Now let's get naked. Hello and welcome to Jacob and Afraid. Today I am joined by four-time Naked and Afraid survivalist and one of the stars of Last One Standing. I had the pleasure of meeting her during the filming of XL Frozen, Sarah Bartell. Thank you for joining me, Sarah. Thank you for having me, Jake. How have you been? Uh, I've been doing good. I've been keeping busy. Good. We had a very wild episode. I feel like that's an understatement. It's <laughs> one uh, way to put it. And I didn't know when I asked you to, to be on this, I had no idea how last night was going to play out. But uh, I am very happy to have you here and get your insight and your viewpoint on some of the things that went down. So we will get right in. This is Last One Standing, Season 1, Episode 7, Cutthroat to the Bone. We pick up on day 25 after the big group chat with everyone and Jeff. We see Cheney. She's not in a good headspace. Gary comes back. He was out on a hunt during the whole Jeff intervention. And Jeff fills him in on what he missed. And then we go back to Cheney, who's just really struggling. And I feel like, I mean, you you know better than any of us. I mean, it seemed like it was... A while. I mean, for the past couple episodes, she was starting to think about home and she was, uh, you know, trying to rally herself. But I think any of us that have been out there know once once you start slipping back like that and having those thoughts, it's really, really hard to rally. Yeah, yeah, it is. Cheney, like, by far, is one of the strongest people that I've ever met. Uh, mm-hmm. One of the most skilled survivalists that I've met. She just has this, like, calm, quiet confidence about her that translates really well to a lot of survival situations. There's survival, and then there's survival within the parameters of you're in the midst of a game show, you know? Yeah, it has yeah. a whole new element to it that nobody else on Naked and Afraid until Last One Standing, our group out there, had to deal with. Mm. So she really had to deal with a lot of added pressure that I don't think anyone in the world would ever be able to comprehend unless they were also out there in that moment. Yeah, I, I couldn't have done it. Like, not a doubt in my mind that that was so much to take on. And very quickly, I mean, the very start of the episode, she's homesick. She tears up and she says she's done. And just like that, you know, she says her goodbye, climbs in the truck, and uh, you guys go from eight to seven. And you are officially the last woman standing. Uh, <laughs> I wish that it had been under better circumstances, you know. And I think yeah. that I said that during the show. But, like, it's true, you know. Jeannie and I were very close out there. Um, We were very strong together. And, you know, losing her out there, I felt like I lost a part of me. But we we took strength from each other, you know. I mean, you guys going into that second part where you guys are put into these two teams, like, that's so much to deal with. I was happy to see that you guys did seem like you connected and at least had each other for dealing with that whole pile of shit that you had to deal with. (laughs) <laughs> yeah <laughs> Jeff is now of course talking about how Cheney is leaving you know moments after the the big group chat and he's feeling like the negativity in the larger group is going to start affecting everyone and we see the boys club discussing the upcoming 28 day challenge we see Waz Waz has failed to get the fishing item four days in a row now but he decides today is the day to go and get it. 
we see Dan calling Waz stubborn, which I was with Waz in Montana. And um, yes, yes, he is. I am as well. <laughs> but I fully, I fully got it. It's, once Waz, Waz sets his mind on something, there is no stopping him, whether that's a good thing or a bad thing. And it's funny. They go down to the river and Dan gets in and after about five seconds finds the item that Waz had been looking for for days. And <laughs> it was a fishing net. Day 26... Matt refers to himself as the savage and goes out for a hunt. I have a hard time when anybody kind of gives themselves a nickname. Yeah, it's, it's a little much. You know, to be fair, he has a lot of personality. And I feel that, you know, people that have a lot of personality sometimes need a place to put it. And yeah. I think that for him creating that moniker for himself or, you know, having other people say it and then him adopting it wholeheartedly um, mm -hmm. is a big part of that. Well, I mean, he definitely has. I mean, he's earned earned the right to, I feel like, have that name out there with, with his mm -hmm. hunting ability. Gary decides to go out on a hunt as well, which this has seemed to be kind of like a reoccurring problem out there. But I feel like, you know, Matt is getting more and more upset every time this happens. And then we see Matt return to the group. And when asked if he saw anything, said... Uh, yes, until Gary boned me. And I, I got uncomfortable. I don't think that was the right expression, but okay. <laughs> and then when I actually went back, I was like, wait, maybe he used a different term that I'm not familiar with. But then he went on to say he always gets boned by the other survivalists. And I was like, mm, okay. <laughs> oh, Matt. <laughs> phrasing, buddy, phrasing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, maybe, maybe a little a different different term for that would be uh, more ideal, but we'll, we'll go with it. He is getting boned by everyone. He's he's clearly upset, and you know I think he's used to having a good bit of success on these challenges, and now you're mm -hmm. having other people all kind of using the same same area. Yeah, but, it's a justified frustration. You know, he is working really hard while he's out there, but I think that he is starting to lose his cool and that that is making it harder for him to look at the perspective of, you know, logic that mm. it's not just, you know, him shouldering that entire burden. There's other people out there too. You do see the frustration and you, know, you guys have been out there for almost a month at this point. You know, I think that's the thing people forget. Like you going a month with a very, very small amount of calories consumed over the month. I mean, it, it affects your brain. Yeah. Well, your brain starts to cannibalize itself. You know, you could you could feel it. The way that you start to focus on food, your dreams get really weird. You know, you have <laughs> random thoughts that just pop into your head. You're like, where the hell did that come from? You know? Yeah. It's wild. And it does. I mean, you, you do start to see it uh, having its effect on people and. I think Matt's so frustrated, but it, it gets to the point where he's basically telling everyone how the hunting is going to go down. And granted, he is probably the strongest hunter, would you say, out there? Is that fair to, yeah. fair to say? Yeah, I think it's a totally fair assessment. You know, I understand where he's coming from. It's also one of those things, especially in one of these challenges where it is basically a game show. You got to strategize, maybe phrasing it, you know, things a little bit differently. So... It comes across more as a discussion uh, might help. I wasn't out there, so I can't really, really say. But he was definitely, he, was, uh, he wasn't thrilled with things. Yeah, I, I think that he did approach that in a little bit of a heavy-handed manner. And that's why it came across as being, you know, much more aggressive than the intention was. But again, he was motivated by frustration. Mm -hmm. And 
that can make, you know, open, honest, logical communication more difficult. Well, next, we see the boys taking the net down to the river to test it out. It doesn't mm-hmm. go well. Like, I mean, it just, you know, usually with like the scene nets, you've got, you know, floaties on the top and you've got the weights at the bottom. And this just seemed like it was kind of just like a big square net. So I had some ideas about ways to utilize that net that would have been burning less calories and potentially mm. providing more food, which was mm-hmm. to have put the net in an area of rapids in the larger river and then let the fish get channeled into the net with the current and then take them out from there. But, yeah. you know, the guys found the net, they had their own idea, so that's kind of what they went with. I did mm-hmm. present that idea to them, but it was never able to be put into application because we were obviously focused on other things, including the challenge. Which I, I have to imagine is in the back of your head pretty much 24 seven on those days leading up to it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, next we see Jeff and he is talking with you and Gary about hunting. Jeff says, if I'm not going to get any food, then he's going to start going out and singing and intentionally interrupting everyone else's hunts, which, you know, he's playing the game and you can't really, really blame him. At this point, Gary agrees to let Jeff use the bow if he agrees to mm-hmm. not sabotage everyone else's hunt. You said that you were surprised by Gary's decision. But for you, aside from being amicable with him, you really didn't want anything else to do with him. I think that Jeff's like notions of the way that the other survivalists perceived him were highly inflated. You know, he's going on about, oh, you know, I'm getting in their heads. I'm like, you weren't even on our radar. Like, you certainly yeah. weren't on mine. I think, you know, he probably was on Matt and Stevens because they had prior experience with him. But mm-hmm. for me, he was more like, that's a hurdle. I'll jump when I get to it. And it never became, you know, much of a massive hurdle. It was more of an annoyance than anything else, you know? Jeff goes out looking for a place to hunt, and he finds this this large, I think it was a monkey fruit tree that looked like it had an old hunting platform of sorts in it. He clears it out and, you know, is excited to show off his hunting skills. And and I think he said this was the first time on all the challenges that he's actually had a bow. So that's that's another fascinating thing to take into account. I mean, hopefully he had a little bit of practice before he was up in that tree. They basically come to an agreement that Jeff will go out like super early morning, hunt from the tree blind for a while, and then Gary will come get the bow from him and then do kind of the second morning shift. Gary is pretty adamant about Jeff not letting anybody know that he's using the bow. But I feel like out there, I feel like everybody knows pretty much everything instantly. Word travels fast. Yeah, there's a lot of eyes on the field. So we see you out fishing and you find a gigantic maggot and you get to it. And I will say, you know, despite not having eaten in days you not only seemed in good spirits but you seem i mean the way you were speaking you were just very clear like everything where a lot of times i feel like people's sentences start getting like a little sloppy at this point and you were just i felt like you were really really with it which was nice nice to see i you might have felt like a bag of garbage at that point but you came across really nice <laughs> Uh, thank you (laughs) i don't even really remember much of that moment so like looking back on it i'm like oh yeah that was the thing that happens you know it was a fish that when i caught it i needed it and you decide to share with dan was matt and steven which seemed like a smart move Mm -hmm. 
Jeff tells Gary about you catching a fish and sharing it with the other group. Jeff mm-hmm. goes on and on about how he's boiling your water and tending to your fire. Like, dude, you're doing that for yourself. Like, if I weren't there, you would still be doing that stuff. Yeah, and to be fair, Stacy did it for you for the first two weeks. So and there's that as well. <laughs> yeah. Also, the fact that he's currently injured, there's not a lot of other stuff for him to do. Exactly. So being there in the shelter, boiling the water, and tending to whatever else needs to be done is actually the smart move from a survival perspective. Right. It's not a matter of, oh, I'm doing it because I owe somebody or because, you know, they, they're abandoning me and I have to do this. Yeah. It's simply what should be done, you know? Day 27, Jeff goes out early morning to hunt. I think it's the first time on Naked and Afraid that I've heard Jeff use his whisper voice, which was uh, <laughs> <laughs> a welcome change. He fires off a shot and misses. And he then refers to the other team as Team Bully, which is just like, we addressed this last week, too. It's like, you, you can't pull the bully card, you know, after no, the way you started no. stuff. I was like, that... that All that I, really tells me is that he just lacks a severe amount of self-awareness, you know? Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know if it's, if, if it's pure ignorance or if he is truly that unaware of his own position within the social group that he himself has put himself into Mm -hmm. and was then given an opportunity on multiple occasions to rise up out of that and then very consciously decided not to and then to say that we're bullying him after giving him so many chances to correct that behavior and to you know be the bigger person it's unfortunate and i think that's the reason that it was so emotional for steven in particular to see that but man (laughs) He, again, really, really lacks self-awareness. Gary goes out for a stroll. He calls it the Gary Golding walkabout. And (laughs) he finds another beehive. He goes and tells the boys about it. And once he leaves, Waz says, we should say if you share with Jeff, you're cut off from the group. It leads to the next upcoming conversation which was great and kind of needed to happen but at first gary goes and tells jeff about the beehive and it, it it seemed a little weird to me like is gary really expecting everyone to come together and work in harmony like i understand where he was coming from as far as you guys having to basically make your uh, your camp livable you know where it's not yeah. just like a miserable place all the time you and gary go to talk with the other group because gary wants to tell them about Jeff helping and them sharing with him, which I thought I thought was great. You know, it's like he's not trying to hide anything. It's like just have a conversation about it. You guys head over, and as soon as they get there, you guys find out that Dan and Matt headed out to scout the hive without him, which I thought was weird. I thought that was a little a little odd. And things very quickly get heated with Waz. And Waz says he's not allowed to share with Jeff. Gary does not like being told what to do. That like is not no, how you get no, anywhere. <laughs> no, I mean nobody really does, especially like you know if you're being talked to like a child. But mm-hmm. Gary, Gary is not having it. I was really glad that you were there because you definitely, I feel like kept things at a calmer level. I- if I had not been there, I don't know what would have happened, but it would not have been good. It, it- <laughs> Gary and Waz, again, you know, these are people with very big personalities. And I think Mm -hmm. that that's fantastic because they're amazing people to hang out with. But again, once, you know, heads start butting, if there is no mediator in that situation, 
things can escalate with no hope for de-escalation short of an intervention. It, it needed to happen because it, it, it heated up so quickly. And even with just the, the few things that they showed that you said, just that alone, you could tell, just made people skip a beat and be like, okay, you know, because at the time it was like Waz would say one thing and then Gary would lash out and then, you know, Gary would lash out and, you know, Waz didn't yeah. like his response and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, like it, it, playing a horrible verbal version of ping pong. <laughs> yes. Yeah, exactly. It was, it was a lot. And I do feel like, you know, Gary, you know, the bottom of it all is like, he's basically like, why, why do you get to decide this stuff? You know, which I fully understand, especially if he's finding, you know, the stuff, if he finds this beehive, he should be the one that kind of takes charge of that. Yeah, exactly. You know, he had, he had a valid point on He did. He did. And it seemed like, you know, again, thanks to you, I feel like the council finally agrees that they will share with Jeff and allow him to be a part of the beehive hunt. That was that. And I guess, you know, it also, Gary also brought up the fact that he did let Jeff use the bow. And they also agreed that that was probably smart as opposed to having him sabotage all the future hunts. Yeah. Jeff finds out that he's invited to the beehive hunt and he is very, very happy that he is included. Gary and Dan climb the rock wall to scout the hive. Gary, Gary is such a wild one. He, you know, yells down to Waz to go in the water in case he has to do like an emergency evacuation and jump off the rock ledge. And, you know, Waz is standing in like four feet of water and there's a huge boulder in the middle. And I would not put it past Gary in a second. I could see Gary trying to launch like 20 feet off the side of this ledge and then like hitting rocks. Without a doubt, yeah. I feel like he likes these ideas, but doesn't always, you know, think them through entirely. Mm -hmm. Uh, Waz says, you know, I think you'd be better off just getting stung a lot and walking down. Gary continues. He goes and finds the hole in the rock where the bees are entering and kind of looks up in there and basically where they're going. It's solid rock and there's no way you guys could access the hive. So it did not work out. And Jeff seemed a little bit happy at the failed attempt, which did not surprise me. Yeah, I think that that was kind of a... a well, for lack of a better way to say it, it's kind of a childish mindset to have on that, you know? It's like you're you're thrilled that somebody else didn't succeed because you didn't have a direct hand in it, you know? You just can't win. It was, it, 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 it was like when you gave him the fish and he was like, <laughs> oh, a guilt fish. <laughs> it's like, I'm like, no, dude. No, it's like it's rewarding the... a dog for good behavior. <laughs> That's exactly what Gary said. He was like, it's a kindness fish. Like, just... Learn to take things and shut up. Day 28, it is challenge day. And, you know, we're starting off the morning and you guys still have no idea what to expect. The two teams head to the checkpoint to find out what's in store. It's funny, we see you guys walking over there first. I think you might have even referred to yourself as like the Misfit Dialand or the Misfit Toys or something. It was some kind of appropriate name for you guys. And then we see the boys club show up. And they're talking about how alpha they are. Oh, that was embarrassing. (laughs) If you're going to talk about how alpha you are and about your swagger, you have to remember a real gangster never has to call themselves a gangster. Like, it's just known. Yeah. I mean, the alpha thing in general is especially amusing to me, given the types of animals that I work with, knowing that there is no such thing as an alpha in a wolf pack. Yeah. And that (laughs) when guys called himself that, I'm like, wow, you guys just made like, 
an elite subsect of, you know, a social group and then just put yourselves in it. So humble. (laughs) (laughs) So you guys get to this uh, checkpoint and you find out that you're all going to be competing individually and that the, the last person to be successful will be immediately extracted. You have to find two trees and then follow a trail of bones to one of seven hidden caches. And then from there, you'll find out what your task is. The competition starts. Everyone is running. We quickly see that even great survivalists aren't that athletic. (laughs) Waz is kind of shuffling down a hill. Steven falls. Matt gets a cramp in his calf. Dan talks about how fit he is, which is great. (laughs) I love that there's that scene where the guys are running and I'm kind of like off to the side, like, you know, cutting across the camera. And they all look super, super serious. And I've just got this like stupid little grin on my face (laughs) as I'm running along. Like, this is fun. We're going on an adventure. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. Some of them definitely were really, really hardcore about their their, uh, running. Dan and Gary get on the bone trail. Everyone else is shortly behind. Steven takes the same trail that Gary is on. And I, I can't remember if Gary finds his cash first and then yeah, Stephen... yeah, Gary found his and then Stephen realized, oh, this is not a viable trail. I have to go find a new one. Okay. So, so Stephen hears that. He goes back to find another trail. Dan and Jeff find their items shortly after Gary. Of course, Jeff screams obnoxiously loud yes. to let everyone know at this point that he has found his. And I was like, okay, (laughs) of course you do. Matt is struggling with his calf, but is trying to keep up. He finds his cash. Steven is now on your trail, and you have been working this trail for a bit. You lost track of the number, I think, maybe. You weren't sure if you were like at eight or nine. So I was was on bone number nine, and Steven had actually been on a different trail entirely from where I was. Uh, He was over by the second tree, but he overheard me say to the camera, I'm on bone number nine. Then he abandoned that trail and came over to mine and found Bone 10. So that is why I was so upset. It's not just a matter of him coming up behind me on my trail by accident. Yeah. So that's why I felt like even more of a betrayal in that circumstance. Yeah. Because he had to have overheard me say to the camera before he knew where to dig, Mm. you know. And I told him outright, hey, you're on my trail. You know, you, you need to go find a different one. Waz at one point had also started to follow my trail. And then he looked up, saw me, and said, oh, is this your trail? I'll go to a different one. And he did. I think the, the whole thing that it, it's it's just, I feel like you guys, and you and Steven were, spent the first 21 days together. And, yeah. you know, even that you guys went, even now you're in two separate teams, you're still basically all working as a unit out there. So yeah. it, it just seemed... And of course, now you're left with, okay, I've got all these trails. I don't know which ones have been taken, you know, so it's, I mean, I was overwhelmed just hearing that because it's just like, how, how the hell do you go down that many trails and, and still stand a chance of getting the next step done? And the next step was to build a spring snare. Everyone else is getting working on the spring snare. You you get to it. It was great. You didn't. You didn't quit. You know. I feel like at that point, I probably would have been like, 
f everyone but you you kept you kept your head down you kept yourself in the game you kept going dan completes his spring snare matt knocks his out then jeff and was and then we're back to you and your bone trail you find the cash we see dan he gets to the finish line first and is safe matt crosses the finish line (laughs) then we have this amazing scene of jeff screams you know coming down the hill before we even see jeff running in in true jeff fashion i mean Part of the course, yeah. Exactly. At least he's consistent with his screaming and his <laughs> running. It's it's great. I mean, I I started getting a kick out of it. It's definitely an amusing watch. So basically, we're down to you, Gary, and Stephen racing to get it done. Stephen finishes, crosses the finish line, and then Gary crosses the finish line. You know, after a, a bit of suspense, and you mm-hmm. know they, they zoom in on Stephen's face, and you know he's feeling like shit. Yeah, he, he could not look me in the eye. Oh, really? He started crying oh, right there gosh. on the spot when I walked up. I, I'm actually happy to hear that. You know, at least, you know, there's some feeling of remorse. No, and here's the thing. I mean, to me, had Jeff done that to Steven or any of those boys, Jeff would have been banished from the island. That would have been unacceptable. Oh, for sure. Without a doubt. Yeah. Without a doubt. Yep, but because and- it, because it was Steven and, you know, not Jeff, everybody was like, you know, well, it's it's not personal. It's just part of the game. Whereas... You know, it's funny because that's why they were so upset with Jeff in the first place was doing stuff like that. Exactly. And I also feel like it's worth pointing out that the reason that Steven was so upset and, you know, literally crying in the previous episode is because he had said that Jeff had prioritized being in the game show over the friendship that they had. Mm. And that's what hurt him. And then he went and did the exact same thing to me. He says, it's a game. Don't take it personal. But it's hard not to when you spent 21 days with somebody out there in those conditions, surviving like that. You get to know the person. You get to hear them say, I want to win on the merits of my survival skills mm-hmm. instead of cinching someone else's win or yeah. bringing someone down. Yeah. And then that's what he goes and does. I thought that I could trust him until I saw that he was on my trail. And I said, you're on my trail. Please find a different one. And his response was just to give a nervous laugh. Yikes. I I try to see everything from everybody's perspective. And I was like, I don't know if it was, because it seemed a little out of character. I mean, I I was with Stephen for a while in South Africa and it seemed a bit out of character. And then it was like, is it because it's this first elimination where it's none of you guys have ever dealt with this and he knows he's behind and like panic sets in and he's like, yeah, it does. Trust me, it, it doesn't make it. It doesn't make it right. But I think it was like panic. Yeah. Like I need to get this. I don't care who I have to run over to do that. I want to stay in this yeah. game. Yeah, doesn't make it right at all. I think. Uh, I think that was that was pretty pretty terrible. I felt for you, Jeff's face while you were letting Stephen know how you feel. Uh, his face was. It said a lot. It was like you know Jeff. Jeff is realizing it. Not only, you know, there's trouble in paradise for this other other group but you know i think it's also the the fact that these guys that were so anti jeff's you know way of playing the game now they're kind of realizing this is how it's going to probably have to happen but anyway you were the last woman standing you did amazing out there you were solid you were also the very first person to be eliminated from a naked and afraid show so that is something indeed (laughs) good Right up there with my title of the first person to throw up and have explosive diarrhea at the same time. 
these these titles <laughs> these titles are something to be proud of. We see you drive off into the distance, and now we are down to six. How long ago was that since you've gotten back from oh, filming? Let me, about like six or seven months now. Okay. Yeah, we filmed like in the fall. Are you feeling back to normal for the most part physically? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I was back to normal pretty much right off the bat. I didn't really come out of there with too many, you know, negative side effects. Just the usual like swelling of the feet and, you know, some scorpion stings that I was hanging on to. Stuff like that. But, uh, you know, I run a homestead out here, so I don't really have time to take off. I got to just get straight back into the swing of things. Well, I want to thank you for joining me today. It was sad to see you go, but I have loved watching you on on the season. And thanks for taking the time to join me. Yeah, well, thank you for having me. I really appreciate it, Jake. Of course. It's good to hear from you. Thanks. And thank you for listening. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review, and send any questions that you have about the show to questions at jakeandafraid.com. Join me next week for an all-new Jake and Afraid. Until then, have a gorgeous week.